Hello and welcome to the latest rendition of the podcast series from Missoula Broadcasting Company in association with the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. I'm Coulter Nuanez. The Big Sky Doc Fest is back here in Missoula for the 19th year. Great to have everybody back in person at Missoula Broadcasting Company from the Trail 103.3 FM to ESPN 102.9 FM to the U1045 FM. We will have a variety of of podcasts featuring various filmmakers, directors, producers, cinematographers, and documentary subjects throughout the next two weeks here in the heart of February. So stay tuned and please subscribe to the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival podcast feed on any and all of your podcast hosting platforms. Myself, Robert Chase from The Trail 1033, Mike Smith from The Trail will also be conducting interviews throughout the next two weeks. So please enjoy each and every one of the behind-the-scenes interviews about each of these awesome documentary films. Missoula Broadcasting Company, proud to be a presenting sponsor and podcast partner of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival back in the Garden City for its 19th year in a row. Please enjoy the latest podcast discussing the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. Welcome to another episode of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival podcast in collaboration with the Missoula Broadcasting Company. It's been a great week so far of interviews and learning about these great films. I'm Andrew Houghton sitting in the studio right now with Brian Gersten, the director of the film Memory Lane. is a short film showing Saturday at the Zach at 2.30 p.m. as part of a shorts block there. Brian, this film is, is about bowling, but uh, a lot of things to go along with it. What would you say is sort of the, the thesis of this film, the idea behind it? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, I would say if I could give the film a short summary, it's about the history of bowling in America and the history of America in bowling and where those two intersect. So a lot of the film deals with uh social issues that America has gone through since the founding of this country, but sort of touch points with how it relates to bowling, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it starts It starts as the one thing. It starts as sort of the history of bowling in America, and that came around because you're a bowler and you, but how'd you seize on that idea? Right, so pretty much the beginning of COVID, you know, I was just stuck in an apartment looking for something to do. (laughs) um, Like a lot of us. Yeah, like a lot of people. And um, for whatever reason, I just thought, you know, why don't I start a project about bowling? I I bowled as a kid. My father bowled. My grandfather bowled. It was something, you know, we all did for joy and comfort and entertainment. Uh, And, you know, I found myself at the beginning of COVID realizing, well, I can't do something I've really enjoyed doing for decades. And um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized I really didn't know a whole lot about bowling. Um, And so it became this sort of journey quest of research and and learning as much as I could about bowling and really ultimately finding a lot of really um, dark and forgotten points in in American history that, that sort of connect to bowling. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Let's exa- let's examine that a little bit more. I mean, bowling is sort of inextricably intertwined with American pop culture, which is a point that you make, I think, really effectively 
very early in this film. I mean, would on The Simpsons and The Flintstones and, and Tom and Jerry and in the White House, right? Why is that? I mean, why did bowling become that thing for so many, so many Americans? And why did it become that cultural touchstone? It's a really good question, and I'm not sure I have a very good answer. I'll, I'll say that um, one thing I learned was that uh, bowling was the most televised sport in America during the 1950s. And I think um, 1950s culture really made its impact. And, and because bowling was seen in the home and more people were joining leagues and, and really, you know, it became a, a significant part of people's lives. And I think as a result, you sort of, like you said, you see it in almost in every, every show you could think of, there's a bowling episode, you know? So um, it just sort of became intertwined in the fabric of the country and sort of was seen as uh, just this all-American pastime that the family would do. Um, and I, I don't know that I have a, a, a good answer for why bowling and why not, you know, X, Y, or Z sport. Right. I think, I think part of it is because it is accessible, right? I mean, right. you take the kids and take the entire family, but it just, it really does sort of occupy that interesting space in America and in American pop culture where it's, everybody does this. Everybody knows what bowling is. Everybody's gone to their local lanes. So that was super interesting. But as we get further into the film, it sort of turns. And I, I like the, the phrase that you used earlier. It's not the history of bowling in America. It's the history of America in bowling. And you start to see bowling sort of become become connected with sort of the darker side of America a little bit. And where did you see that that twist as you were making the film, which started off as one thing and, and sort of switched into this other thing? Yeah, Um well, that's that's a great point you made about the accessibility of bowling and, and why, you know, it did take off. I think in terms of the darker side of the sport, um, it was really a matter of research and just pouring into footage and finding all of this stuff that, you know, particularly from the, the 40s and 50s and, and that period um, where there are a lot of instructional films um, that you know, not certainly not politically correct. If you would were to watch them today, um, there were these other moments of um, you know the Orangeburg massacre, for example. This is something I I'd never heard of. Um, didn't have a clue what this was, and um, certainly didn't read about it in books. Wasn't taught about it in school. But this was an incident in 1968 where. HBCU students at South Carolina State University attempted to integrate a bowling alley in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And ultimately, three of those students were shot and killed by state highway police. And so, you know, of an incredibly significant event in civil rights history that I had no knowledge of. And it's centered around a bowling alley. Well, and that sort of ties in, right? Because if you're looking for a community institution to integrate and make a statement, there are really few places better than the bowling alley, right? You would think. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Here's the question that I've been wondering about since since watching the film, and I just finished watching the film before 
you came in here, I was I was wrapping up as you came in. What what specifically about bowling sort of ties it to that dark side of of American history and not only American racial history like you talked about with the Orangeburg massacre, but sort of American gender history. There was a little bit of that in there. American military history certainly. Is there something specific about bowling that makes it more likely to be tied into that, or is it just because it is almost uniquely American that it finds itself sort of tied in with these darker sides of American history? It's a really good question. I think um, you could probably do this exercise with any topic. Certainly. I, I was yeah. thinking of like something like baseball, which you would think of as, as just as American, right? Like when you think right. of the, the American culture in the 1950s or, or you know, back in the past— Something that's sort of uniquely positioned is that with bowling and and baseball certainly has its dark episodes of Absolutely. of racial history right. and of violence surrounding it and so I th- I think for me it it's the fact that bowling is such <laughs> it's such a sort of innocent goofy kind of endeavor and it's hard to take it too seriously right um, and as a result sort of looking at that contrast, looking at the dark side of it was really intriguing to me, knowing that we all grow up sort of going to a bowling alley every Sunday morning with, you know, the family. And um, it's just this thing that you wouldn't think twice about. It's just, oh, this is, everyone's supposed to have a good time and that's that. And um, you go on about your day. But um, the more you look into the history of it and and sort of peel back those layers, you find all sorts of things you didn't expect. And I, I think it's important to look at those things and sort of, um, especially in this time where, you know, you can get so comfortable with something or um, just not look at the whole picture. And so for me, it was important to look at something that I've really enjoyed and loved uh, over the decades and sort of realize, wow, there's this whole other aspect to this activity that I had no idea about. I'm Andrew Houghton talking with Brian Gersten, the director of the film Memory Lanes, which is making its debut at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival Saturday at 2.30 p.m. as part of a block of short films at the Zootown Arts Community Center. Brian, I wanted to talk a little bit about the process of making this film, and this is a lot of archival footage, almost exclusively, maybe maybe actually exclusively. What's the process of making a film like that, and, and what is it different from, you know, being there with, with a camera and, and shooting stuff? I mean, you're digging through a lot of, I imagine, just a lot of old film reels. Yeah. Um, so part of part of the whole archival approach was out of necessity, and sure. that, uh, it, I started this at the beginning of COVID and didn't feel like I was at a point where I, I'm going to go out and film anything. So I made a conscious choice to just keep it strictly archival from the very beginning. Um, the challenge was figuring out where where am I going to find all this bowling footage and where does it exist and um, what's valuable, what isn't, you know. Um, And it was really just a matter of pouring through as many archives as I could find. Um, I worked with a couple of colleagues who are pretty familiar with archival research, so they helped me, helped steer me in certain directions. But 
um, sort of each stone I turned over, I ultimately found stuff I was not expecting to find. And, uh, you know, that was the most lengthy lengthy part of the process was literally just looking through all the footage and seeing, oh, what can I use? What's going to be interesting? What's going to sort of resonate with people? How do you narrow it down? Because, I mean, you're just looking at this this huge archive of film reels, maybe from the 1950s, and it's like, how do we even find the bowling footage among here? And then how do we peel out the stuff that we want, right? I mean, how, how long does that process take? It's, yeah, that's the, the joy of post-production. <laughs> the joy of editing is just sort of, yeah, trying to figure out what the heck to do with any of, any of it. But um, yeah, it's an incredibly time-consuming process. And uh, I think with certain footage you watch, it's pretty intuitive. I mean, it's just sort of whatever speaks to you as you're watching it. Um, So there were certain clips or scenes or moments that as you're watching it down, you sort of say, yeah, that's going in the film. and. You just have to be, it's it's a matter of patience because you just have to sort of sit through all this material until you do find those moments. And then once you collect enough of those moments, you hopefully have a film. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, what were what were the, the moments, the little snippets that really jumped out at you where you were watching them and you were like, this is going to be in the final film? I mean, there were all sorts of things, but I think... Um, one thing that sticks out to me, at least right now, is just all sorts of uh, archival footage of animals bowling. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, and all different kinds of animals, you know, dog, elephant, uh, dolphin. I mean, that's just bizarre sort of stuff that I was personally extremely entertained by. So I figured if I if I'm entertained by this, someone else may be as well, or hopefully would be. Yeah, that was definitely incredible stuff. And, uh, you know, no spoilers, but the elephant man has great form. <laughs> right. Yeah. Strike. Brian Gersten in studio with us here for an episode of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival podcast. He's the director of the short film Memory Lanes, which is showing 2.30 p.m. as part of a shorts block Saturday at the Zootown Arts Community Center. Brian, I'll get you out of here, but I wanted to ask, I mean, just what did you learn from making this film? And we've talked about it a little bit, but what did you learn and what do you hope people take away from from watching it? I think, you know, I, I sort of mentioned it before in terms of, um, I think we can become very comfortable with certain things in life and certain things that we're attracted to or enjoy and don't necessarily look beyond what we want to look at. And uh, if you peel back the layers, you can find uh, certain things you didn't expect to find or certain things that may make you look at life a little differently. And, um, you know, for me, this was also in terms of just the filmmaking process, really letting the film tell the story almost and, um, you know, going on these unexpected twists and turns as because it really reflects how I was sort of coming across the footage. I didn't, you know, I found this piece, found that piece, and um, I just sort of let that dictate the story and... um, 
you know, I hope people certainly learn, feel like they learned about American history right alongside bowling history. Definitely. I've got to ask, did your game take a hit during the pandemic? I mean, was it tough to get back into it now that, uh, you know, things are opening back up again? I was a little rusty, but I, you know, I almost bowled a 600 series, uh, oh, I don't know, a couple months back. So I was very impressed that I could pick it back up again. Explain to people what that what that's, that means. That's three games in a row where you're shooting a 200, which, which is very not bad. Yeah, what, <laughs> what's, what's your best score? Uh, my best score is a 244. Brian Gersten, director of the film Memory Lanes, in studio with us. Brian, it was a pleasure talking with you. I guess the last thing would be for for people who want to support the film, follow you. I mean, what's the what's the social media, or just what would you direct people towards? Uh, you could visit my website. It's pretty simple. It's www.briangersten.com. Sorry, no, it's not even .com, it's .org. I screwed that up huh. because a different Brian Gersten took .com. So you feel free to visit the .com as well, but... Uh, <laughs> That's not, that one's not you. <laughs> That's not me. But dot, .org is, uh, even though I'm not in org i'm a human being but uh that that's the only it was that or dot gov and i couldn't take that so no uh but yeah uh yeah i'm out there you can find me look imdb is another way to look me up but uh i'm not so active on the social medias i'll say that for sure but you will be around for a for a q a after the shorts block i will yeah i'll be here tomorrow for the screening and the q a so really looking forward to it and yeah can't thank you enough again for having me on yeah, and once again, that screening, 2.30 p.m. Saturday. That's tomorrow at the Zootown Arts Community Center. Brian, thank you so much for coming on with us. I had a great time. Thanks. It was a pleasure.